0: Welcome to the Ladies of SOSA podcast. My name is Sarah Benjamin and I am one third of the Ladies of Sosa organization. If you are familiar with our platform, we have been sharing South Sudanese stories, people, traditions, culture, food via YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And we decided to transition over to the podcasting arena and share our stories on this platform as well. If you're new to our community, welcome and thank you so much for listening. This is actually our very first podcast episode. In this space, we are going to be navigating the world of the modern East African man or woman. We're going to be tackling taboos, breaking down toxic social structures with viable solutions, but also finding ways to maintain parts of our culture that we want to preserve and pass on to our future children and grandchildren. This is a safe space, and when I say that, I mean we are all growing, learning, and navigating together. So I hope in this community, we give each other grace to learn and grow. I don't pretend to know it all because I don't. I'm actually learning a lot of things in real time throughout these topics with you all. So I hope that we can all, again, learn and grow and implement the things that we do learn to create a better South Sudan and a better Africa in general. With that being said, let me introduce everyone to our first topic, which and actually our first um, series, which is called "Tackling Taboos." The first taboo that we're going to be tackling today is child marriage in South Sudan. Why I was inspired to start with this topic is because recently on April second, a young girl, a teenage girl, actually by the name of Mary Aquat Agani was tortured, beaten, and had her eyes gouged out by her own father, which rendered is rendering her permanently blind at the age of 15 years old. Her father was angry because she was running with the wrong circles, with the wrong crowd apparently, and she got married to a man that he did not approve of, which consequently brought shame to the family. If you're South Sudanese, you know, our, our culture is so big on reputation, and if you bring shame to the family, Hopefully, in, in most cases, we you won't be subject to violence. But in her case, she was subject to torture and violence from her own father. And although this isn't 100% related to child marriage, I think her story is a testament to how young girls are have such limited rights. The fact that she was not even able to choose her own partner... It just says a lot about how far we have to go with women's rights, with girls' rights in South Sudan. According to a case study by Relief Web intern, a young 12-year-old girl um, named Sunday was forced to marry a 50-year-old man for the bride price of 20 cows, which is equivalent to about $10,000. Correct me if I'm wrong. When it became difficult for her to conceive, her husband subject her to sexual and physical violence for from his own son. So his own sons um, repeatedly beat her and raped her to try to force her to conceive. The stories of Mary and Sunday don't even scratch the surface when it comes to showing the experiences of young girls who are subject to child marriage and gender-based violence. I'm going to do a more in-depth conversation um, about the Mary Aghani story, the girl who was blinded by her own father and tortured a little bit later in the series. Um, But first, I wanted to kind of peel back the layers and rewind a little bit so we can start from the beginning and truly understand the origins of child marriage and historically why it is prevalent in our society. 52% of girls marry before the age of 18, which is Staggering, I think if you just think about that, if you just conceptualize everything about that, most girls get married um, before they are of legal age, which we would call it here in the Western world, which I don't know. That just sounds crazy to me. Why is this prevalent in South Sudan? Well, historically, South Sudan is a rural society our socioeconomic structure is heavily dependent on traditional farming, hunting, and cattle keeping. So girls are were, were and still are in high demand to fill in the more feminine roles, which consist of bearing children, cooking, cleaning, what are some other feminine roles that women are traditionally in? That's what they were meant to do. In this context, a woman's readiness to get married is not determined by her age, but when her re- reproductive system is ready to bear children. So when a girl starts her period in South Sudanese society, she's ready for marriage. She's ready to um, she's ready to have children. When you look at it in that frame of reference, it's like I started my period at 15 years old. I can't even imagine my family saying, You started your period. You ready to have kids. You're ready to get married. We got a 50 year old man for you. You're going to live a good life. He's going to take care of you and he's going to take care of our family. I I couldn't even imagine the pressure that comes with. Um, But it's a reality for most girls in South Sudan. Men are traditionally prepared to be married when they are financially stable and they can provide for their wife. So I think this is the origin of the gender gap because girls are so constricted on. Just like a time frame, like, oh, they're ready whenever they start their period, they're ready for marriage. Whereas men have the ability and opportunities to chase a career, to develop themselves and um, make money and get like just they have more of an opportunity to grow in so many different areas where young girls do not. The gender gap and poverty fuels child marriage in South Sudan. With a population of over 12 million people. of these people live in rural areas and survive on only $1.90 a day. In 2019, only half the population had access to clean water, um, clean drinking water, and only 10% with access to proper sanitary measures. 60% of the South Sudanese population is experiencing food insecurity as we speak. So in these vulnerable conditions, marriage is seen as an economic come up for families who live underneath the poverty, poverty line, which is the majority of the population. Because of the dowry process, families can exchange their daughters for monetary gain or food, chickens, cattle. um, It depends on your tribe because every tribe does their, their dowry process differently. But for many families, especially those who don't make a lot or make anything at all, dowry is a way for them to get something financially. It's a survival tactic to say it blatantly. Many families use child marriage as a survival tactic because they, it's seen as a win-win situation for both the family and the girl. The family is getting a monetary value for exchanging their exchanging um, money for their daughter, whereas the girl is also being taken care of by a man who is more financially stable. So they see it as a win-win situation when in reality, it causes more harm than good in our society. So let's talk about why. The consequences of child marriage, which the first one, which is, I feel like it's very important because this is direct, it directly affects the girls is their health. Young girls have more premature bodies. I mean, at 15, I was very, very skinny. I'm still petite right now. And I can like at, at that age, I the like I don't i think there would be so much risk that my body would go through for just 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 to carry a child and so I can't even imagine being even younger because a lot of these girls are getting married at 12 13 14 um, and their bodies are very very premature so they have a higher risk of pregnancy which is increasing than the maternal mortality rates in the country the maternal mortality ratio right now is 2,054 per 100,000 births so 2,054 women are dying during pregnancy or childbirth in comparison to 100,000 births, which is pretty high. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's pretty high considering that's double the maternal mortality rates are in America and America has a higher population. So girls have a higher chance of dying during pregnancy or childbirth than they do attending primary school, which is obviously problematic another consequence is that South Sudanese girls don't attend school as much as their male counterparts. 76% of girls are not enrolled in school as of today. So, you know, that that's detrimental, not only for the girl, but also for the country, because we need girls to be educated in order for us to fully develop. And we'll get into that a little bit later last consequence that I have is domestic violence. Child marriage leaves girls in a very vulnerable position. Obviously you're marrying these girls off to men who are twice or even triple their age. And so the age gaps and the, and the power gaps are extreme and increases the chances of girls being victims of domestic violence, which we, there's stories of that, um, that are prevalent in South Sudan today. Child marriage is detrimental not only to girls in the country, but to the entire country as a whole. You know, in order to grow, in order for our country to develop, we need women to be educated. We, I mean, just imagine if you strip away education from half of the population, how do you expect to develop politically, socially, economically? Those girls are future presidents, they are future doctors, they are future lawyers but we are just minimizing them to being a someone's wife at the age of 15 and 16 and, and just when they're just super young. And so in order for the country to fully reach its full potential, this practice needs to stop. Okay. There are a lot of Projects and organizations that are working to stop child marriage in South Sudan. One that I wanted to shout out today is Refugee to Save a Nation. They are a South Sudanese-based nonprofit organization that focuses on women empowerment and the education of the girl child to promote gender equality. Please look into them. They are on Instagram, Facebook. They also have a website. Later in this series, I do want to dive into the story of Mary Akwa-Agani, the girl who had um, her eyes plucked out by her father and was tortured. Um, We're going to dive into more of her story. and I also want to have a guest speaker come in and talk about how we can dismantle The whole tradition of child marriage. Someone who has a lot of experience or someone who works in one of these organizations that is working on fighting against it. I want them to come on the show and we can kind of break it down so that we can see and find out what we can do as a society, as a community to stop this toxic structure. So thank you guys so much for listening. This is our very first episode and our very first series. Um, Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay up to date with what when we're dropping new episodes. I'm going to try to drop every single week, but it's going to be really determinate on um, if I can provide value. I want each I want each episode to provide value. I don't just want to record <laughs> just randomly. So as long as I can figure out an episode that provides value. I'll try to post weekly, but thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to talk more about child marriage in South Sudan and how we can stop it later on in the series. So stay tuned. And thank you for listening to the Ladies of Social podcast. Love y'all. Hey,